Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. we play some competitive sports once in a while, would it? Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Football Sunday. If you're joining us now because you're used to us being on 9 to 11, we will be back to that time in two weeks, I believe. But uh, if you missed it, you can find it on the Les Schwab Tires podcast. Spent most of the first hour talking about the Ducks, plus reminiscing about old sports viewing habits and old sports music. And we will continue to reminisce about old sports music because Joe's been doing that as bumpers today. So uh, we'll have Hated or Love it coming up next and then Fantasy Scramble coming up at what? I was going to say, well, not much because we got a couple benchmark opens. Yeah. So we'll end the show on some fireworks. Okay, cool. But, yeah, you're right. Hated or Love it and uh, Benchmark uh, for the Fantasy Scramble coming up at the next two. Sorry. If you missed it, though, you can hear us reminiscing in the first hour, Les Rob Tires podcast. Uh, but let's uh, let's get to the big NFL news of the, of the week. And I don't want to go through all the details. It's been many, many days since this all came out. But John Gruden has been, well, he resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Earlier in the week, an email came out. Uh, that showed some racist remarks against Demora Smith, who's the NFLPA guy. And then he apologized and said, I'm not racist. And then a bajillion more emails came out showing, you know, anti-women, anti-gay, also just showing him being kind of a douche. Nothing that would like get him fired, but like just kind of, it was just like email, like friend talk that was like, I was like, why is this going in here? But all right, whatever. And he met with Mark Davis and then he came out and he stepped down as head coach of the, of the, of the Raiders. I, I don't know if they're going to have to pay him all his money or if, or if they're going to try to do something with, with cause or something like that, but he still had like seven or six years left in that deal to be the, the head coach of the Raiders. And Rashad, you asked me this question when you came in today, and I think it's a fair question. I, I, you asked, are you surprised that John Gruden said these things or wrote these things in an email? And my answer was No. Because in any sport that has a good old boys club network or anywhere, really, it's not just sports, anywhere on this earth that has a bit of a good old boys club is going to have people like this who think they're in a safe space, who can say what they want. And it's probably pretty rough in a lot of those emails or texts or whatever chains that you find. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. You know, I, I like John Gruden as like a TV analyst. I thought he was good at that. His Gruden corner thing on ESPN and all that kind of stuff. But I don't really, I didn't have a lot of opinions otherwise. So, I mean, I'm not surprised, not at all. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to matters of, you know, um, sexism, racism, you know, um, misogyny, any, you know, anything like that, homophobia, 
Unfortunately, I'm never surprised. Um, we 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 live in this day to where you know people are closet homophobes, closet racists, closet fill in the blanks, um, which is why I can appreciate or not closet or not apparently. closet. Which is why I, I mean a, a part of me can low key appreciate the people who who aren't closeted and they're out there about who they are and everything. At least I know kind of where you stand and there's not a lot of disappointment when, you know, things like this come to John Gruden, like you said, made a great career for himself as a TV personality, you know, as a, um, as an analyst, as the host of his, you know, quarterback show and everything like that, working with young quarterbacks as they're getting ready to make their transition from the NFL or from high school in some cases to college, to the NFL, you know, so unfortunately it doesn't surprise me. And like you said, like, you know, these things that came out, there's probably more. There's they were they were leaked by the NFL. You that's know? the that's so what we think. That's that's what that's what we're told. But um, because who else had the emails? Yeah, these are these they all going came from to, the Washington Football Team investigation. So uh, you know, we were kind of talking just you know between you and I, and no, I think there are a lot of probably if this came out and they were really to leak more emails and we were to get more leaks then it's going to be a lot of owners a lot of general managers you know that are going to be in some hot water and the nfl is going to be in hot water so they're not going to let those emails get out because i think it's easier for you to deal with the coach or a general manager we'll fire you and move on we can find another coach we can find another gm finding another owner though that's a that's a different that can be a different beast to find another NFL NBA owners. Possibly you saw they replaced Donald Sterling in the within a matter of weeks, you know, he was out and they had a brand new owner. I think for the NFL, that might be a little different, a lot more moving parts around than to be able to just go a lot more protection of the owners. Absolutely. Also, it didn't, it didn't hurt that every NBA owner hated Donald Sterling. No. Yeah. So he was like, he was like the black sheep of owners. It made it easier. And my thing with Donald Sterling, that's off topic. How are you in the same building as the Lakers and you have lesser, uh, like amenities? Like, I don't understand. Like all of your, everything, your locker room sucked, your workout equipment sucked. It's like, this is the same building as the Lakers. How don't we have the same stuff? You're an NBA team. That's why he was gone. Either way, I think if more stuff came out about more owners or, or any owner at that point, the NFL would have a much bigger problem than just John Gruden. Well, I, I think the the interesting thing about this to me is not that another head coach is racist and homophobic and, and misogynistic. It's, okay, so the NFL is refusing to release the other emails. Why, if we are going to conspiracy tinfoil hat this, where did this stuff from Gruden come out in the first place, Right. The first report was one email leaked. He didn't lose his job from the email. Two days later, all of the emails leak. All of the emails are from the Washington football team investigation. Yet, the only emails that leaked were ones with John Gruden. What? There were 650,000 emails in that investigation but the ones that were leaked were John Gruden. Because you just don't say those things unless you're comfortable with whomever you're talking to to say that. Right. But I, I think my question is still, wh- why did they go after Gruden in the first place? Because in some of the emails, he talked poorly about Goodell. Was it just a, a personal issue and Goodell just went, screw it? I'm getting this guy fired? Right? 
Um, and now that people are asking the NFL for these emails, the NFL is never going to release the other emails. I saw a great tweet about this that said, the PR disaster of the NFL not, on a scale of 1 to 10, of the NFL not releasing the rest of the emails is like a 3. If the NFL releases the rest of the emails, it's a, a billion Yeah, uh, for a PR disaster. So they'll take the minor hit of like, oh, what are you hiding, to not have the major hit of every owner is a racist, right? Because... John Gruden was talking to Bruce Allen, who was GM president of Washington football team. I'm sure Dan Snyder's in there somewhere too. And he's had his own wealth of issues and, and all that. But remember he just got fined for all of his stuff. I mean, they were sending around like topless pics of cheerleaders and, you know, which is really, really borderline and oh, it's not borderline. It's wrong. But like people send pictures of like hot women to each other, but you shouldn't be taking topless pictures of cheerleaders that you're trying out for your team can't be doing that. I think it topless cheerleader. I mean, never mind. It's just it, that's another level of it, right? It's like here's someone's privacy that's being broken by being sent this. You know, if they were trying out for the for the team, and it, it's, how many owners were involved in these emails? Like, are they protecting everybody? There, and I think, and I think, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. That's the question. Who who were these emails going to? Who you know? Who was responding? What were those responses? Who were those responses coming from? Like those are the questions that if there really is an investigation and uh, we find more emails, more text messages, whatever the case is. And the NFL's got a problem because you had a lot of people that, um, for both reasons, you know, decided to not mess with the NFL anymore based on um, the protest. So on both sides, man, I don't feel listened to. I feel like there's they, th- this isn't the place for that. You know, a lot of people decided I'm not watching anymore. People stuck around for concussions and everything like that. But I, I think if more racist, sexist, homophobic stuff comes out uh, about the NFL, then I think you're going to lose a lot more people, especially in this, you know, we we live in a cancel culture uh, day and age. And so these are the things that you get canceled for. And and it doesn't help me. You know, we, I don't know how much we've heard from Carl Nassib. You know, that's one thing, you know, came out recently is openly he was, gay. He was the only openly gay o- player. Openly gay. And he the, played for the Raiders. happened to play for John Gruden. <laughs> like, where's – I haven't heard much from him. I know he took a personal day, you know, like a, like a mental health day when all this stuff kind of came to. But, you know, what does that do for, for him? What does that do for his teammates that really stuck, you know, stuck by him when he came out with this, man, really brave news, you know, for everyone? So, I mean, there's a lot of layers to it. But either way, there's – we all we always say, and you hear coaches, you know, there's no place for this in the NFL. There's no place for this in sports. But unfortunately, it's still here. So we can continue to say there's no place for it. We continue to say there's no, uh, uh, there's a zero to- uh, zero tolerance for it. But I think we all know better. And if they really start looking into things, I think we find out much worse than anything John Gruden said. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see the Brandon Staley interview. Yes. yes. Joe said we have at least part of it in the system, if not the full clip. Um, Actually, I I was listening to Colin a couple of days ago, and he played a part of it as well. He said, we always focus on the bad, and we're all at fault for that, right? Media likes to focus on the bad. It's it's easier to talk about all that kind of stuff. And he said, I want to give something that's good, a little bit of light. And I had seen it earlier in the day, and I was like, wow, this is great. Dude, Brandon Staley's awesome. The yeah. Chargers are really good. 38-year-old head coach gives me faith that I can still get my life right. And he's making really cool, uh, aggressive decisions on the field, and then he's saying stuff like this. You know, I think that respect and trust in this world are, are really, 
really difficult to achieve. And I think about all the people that were affected by those emails, um, whether you're a person of color, whether you're a person, uh, you know, a gender, um, your sexual orientation, the people that were affected by those emails, that's who I'm thinking about. You know, because it's a sacred mantle for someone to call you coach or someone to call you a leader. Um, and trust is really, really hard to achieve in this world. It's really, really challenging to achieve. And especially with people with those groups that I just mentioned. All right? And people are really guarded all right? and they're skeptical uh, of people because of emails like that. And I just think that you know, kindness and lifting people up and respecting people you don't know, um, I just think that you know, that's such a big part of our thing here is listening to people and learning about people because I think what you'll discover is that we have so much more in common than not. And I think that um, you know, for someone like me, you know, it's just incumbent upon you to set the example every single day so that people um, that were you know, talked about in those emails, that they don't need to feel that way. They shouldn't feel that way. And it's, you know, hopefully, you know, all of us can learn from this that it's about bringing people together for me uh, so that people can become, you know, the people that they dream about. And I think that, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, leading this football team and being someone, hopefully we can, you know, be a light for those people in those emails that not everybody's like that, 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 that there's far more people that will love you than the opposite, and hopefully um, this will be a, a chance for everybody to come together instead of go apart. The one line I liked in there a lot was just, we have a lot more in common than you think, hmm. right? Then we have differences. We're all just people. doesn't matter. You know, a lot, a lot of people like a lot of the same stuff. And, and I, I just, I think for a 38-year-old head coach to come out and say that, and he's had a really good like PR couple of weeks, just football wise too. I was like, man, thank, thankfully we've got some of these guys coming up now in the ranks as head coaches in the NFL, because I, that gives me hope that once the dinosaurs all leave, that maybe some of this culture can be changed. You're talking about people that are more tolerant, uh, more knowledgeable, um, and more than that, more empathetic to people's situations and to what uh, is really happening around them. And so, I think that's what it's going to take, man. Not so much, man, um, it's a matter of empathy. And, you know, that's what you saw um, in those comments. And so uh, if we can all do that, this world will be a little bit of a better place. But there's always going to be someone that feels like, no, that's silly. Why would we want to do that? So as long as we can all try to love each other, I know that sounds cliche or, you know, passe, whatever the case is, but. I mean, just, respect, trying, respect just each respecting other. each other it goes a long way, man. Just don't be racist. Don't be misogynistic. Don't be homophobic. Just let people live. We'll be yep. fine. Let people do what they want to do, right? Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's come back with Hate It or Love It, and then we'll have Fantasy Scramble. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.20 here on your Sunday morning. Fantasy Scramble coming up next. So we're doing a bit of an abbreviated version of Hate It or Love It because we only got about seven or so minutes. But uh, Joe, what do you got for us? All right, let's start off with some NFL football. Got uh, plenty of matchups today, obviously. It's Sunday. 
But one matchup is intriguing. It's the Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. 20 mile per hour wins reported in Cleveland. Uh, Arizona Cardinals are going to be without their head coach. I believe offense coordinator as well. A few coaches are going to be down. Uh, a couple injuries as well, but the Browns have injuries as well, too. Nick Chubb out today. Yes. So, hate it or love it, the Cardinals will lose their first game today. I love it. I actually bet on the Browns this week, uh, the weather being a huge factor, because the offense the Browns run is run heavy, run first, which can deal with wind. Uh, what the uh, Cardinals do is a lot of passing and moving and speed and stuff that can be affected by the weather. Plus, Kyler Murray was questionable this week. He's got a bit of a shoulder thing going on. He is playing, but keep an eye out for that. Uh, this just feels like the time for the Cardinals to lose their first game, and especially after the Browns last week fell to the Chargers in that high-scoring great game, the 47-42, 45-42. Uh, the Browns are going to want to have a reaction to losing that game and come out. I think they're going to win this game. Actually, I don't want to say fairly comfortably, but maybe like by like two touchdowns. You know, so I'll, I'll I'll take the Browns to win. Uh, I'm I'm gonna hate it, man. I, I think honestly, Arizona is playing the best football that we've seen them play since the year that they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, you're you're looking at the the maturation of Kyler Murray on the season, ten touchdowns, and I think only what like three or four uh, interceptions. So way ahead of schedule as far as where he's supposed to be. Um, but it's it's guys like uh, Chase uh, Chase Edmonds who's actually out right now. I think or questionable for today. I don't know. Is that still the case? I don't know if he's been upgraded just yet, but either way, uh, making sure they have him there. Baker Mayfield has just been an up and down guy. He's yet to have a great game this season. And now you're talking about him possibly throwing into the wind. I don't really like that for them. Their run game is is awesome. Uh, really, Cleveland is a great team. They just find ways to lose uh, some games and almost like uh, a, a, an old charger type of way. But I think right now, Arizona's just playing really good football. They've got some injuries on the defensive end, which could could be bad for them, but just not as big as the injuries of the, some of the questionable guys. I think uh, Denzel Ward uh, is questionable or out for the game. I haven't seen in the injury report. Forgive me. Miles Garrett. These are guys that if they're not on the field, that defense looks really, really different for uh, the Browns. So I'm going to say Arizona gets the win on the road. All right. Moving on to college football with the loss of Iowa. We're going to have a few teams moving on up. Uh, Cincinnati probably going to move up to number two now, unless they want to give the bump up to Oklahoma, who looked really good with Caleb Williams as their new starting quarterback. And now Alabama, they're going to probably move on up to four after only going from one to five after losing to an unranked team. (laughs) So there's that. Um, But because of that, because you got Georgia number one, Oklahoma is going to be number three now, probably at least. Uh, Alabama is going to be number four. Ohio State, they've been they've been dominating bad teams. But if they end up running through the Big Ten, we might just see a regular old college football playoff like years past. And that's what I'm going to ask. Hater to love it. This year's playoff will be no different from years past. Uh, I mean, I oh, geez, I love it Um, just because. Uh, you, you're still going to have more than likely Alabama there if they can finish the, if they can run the gamut. Uh, there's an SEC f- uh, championship game, I assume. Yep. So Alabama and Georgia play each other. So, you know, if Alabama wins, then I and I assume they will. Then uh, or Georgia and Alabama expect expect them to be number one and two. But then you're going to have a couple teams in between there that you may there may be one outlier, one team that you didn't see uh, necessarily being there. It might be Cincinnati, considering the rest of their schedule. Uh, Cincinnati. 
I, I know right now Appalachia State's looking like, man, what the hell, man? How Cincinnati finally undefeated, and they're going to be in this situation to possibly go to the national championship. But, you know, whatever. So if there's any team that's possibly looking at that, I would say Cincinnati, Oklahoma, because I'm not sure who's on Oklahoma's schedule or what the uh, Big 12 championship looks like. But I think Baylor, who had a great game yesterday, is the only other team that they're really going to have to play OK State at the end of the season. So, yeah, I think it's going to look pretty much how we're used to seeing it. I don't. I think if there is one team, uh, there'll be one team that's going to be uh, kind of a surprise, a Cinderella story. But outside of that, man, it's going to be business as usual. Uh, I hate it, but I'm starting to get I'm starting to waver on that a little bit more as each week goes on. It's been kind of a crazy season with a bunch of a uh, bunch of movement already in the top 25. You know, it finally feels like it could be Cincinnati's year to be that group of five team to make a, a college football playoff. They've looked really, really good. Um, Fickle's a great head coach, and I, I enjoy uh, Ritter. Is their quarterback Desmond Ritter, right? He's really, really fun to watch as well. They had a huge win against Notre Dame. Uh, it feels like the year that they might finally be able to break that streak of a group of five not being able to make it into the playoff. Right. Um, outside of that, though, I'm starting to get a little nervous because you're right. They kept Ohio State pretty high in the rankings. They kept Oklahoma despite multiple iffy wins high in the rankings. Um, and Alabama barely dropped. So it's almost like they're setting it up. But the thing to remember is these are still the AP rankings. We have not had the first college football playoff rankings come out. So up until this point, this is all just guessing. And we'll see what the college football playoff says about those losses for those teams. All right. Moving on to some Pac-12 talk. Uh, We had Oregon State with a bye week this week. And one of the bigger games of the Pac-12 slate was last night, Utah and Arizona State. Arizona State being the only other one-loss team in the conference. Well, make it two losses now because Utah showed up, won by two touchdowns, 35-21, beating Arizona State. Utah is starting to uh, turn that season around after wins against USC and Arizona State. So next week in Corvallis, hit or love it, Utah should be favored over the Beavs. Oh, boy. Um, I'll probably love it. Utah's kind of figured it out. They had the the Baylor transfer quarterback who left immediately, and ever since then, they've been much better. So it's a, maybe he was the problem. <laughs> maybe bringing a guy in from Baylor is never a good idea, that, that cheating and terrible school. But, um, yeah, I'm going to love it because Oregon State fell to, the, to Wazoo now. There's a little bit of uh, life sucked out of the tires on that one. And I, I just uh, – Utah just is a scary team to play at any point in the Pac-12, and it was one that we kind of started to ignore this year because of the slow start. Like, ah, well, maybe Utah's not going to have it. And yet, here we are. Utah's winning games against top teams, and I think they will be favored against Oregon State. Uh, Love it. You know, Oregon uh, Oregon State, while they are playing much better, uh, Utah uh, has finally decided to, or finally found their groove. They lost two in a row, obviously, to San Diego State and to BYU. But since then, a uh, big win against USC. Everybody gets a big win against USC these days. A big win against number 18, Arizona State. They're trending in the right direction. Oregon State uh, coming off of a pretty, you know, pretty silly loss before the bye week. So they've, have, they've got a rebound. Uh, yeah, I think Utah should come into this game. Least favorite, maybe minus, uh, minus two, somewhere around there. I don't think it's going to be a big spread, but uh, they definitely should be favored moving forward, at least in this game. All right, Mike's telling me that we have to break. I did have one more, but I feel like you both would agree on this one. Uh, you are very meh about the Blazers' season this year. Uh, play, in, play in, here they come. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Amen. No? I said, oh, no. Oh, did, oh, did, no. did they lose by 40-something the other night? Well, uh, it's the preseason. To the Warriors? Doesn't matter. No, not this time. Doesn't matter. 
Yeah. I, I think that just that silence speaks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to think. Man. It's, it's the preseason. I don't want to make extreme thoughts after the preseason, but Neil Everett, best offseason acquisition. For the <laughs> Absolutely. That's the best signing the Blazers I, made. I wanted to see some growth on the defensive side and the offensive side in terms of the new systems and, um, not sure we've seen much of that. Mike Lynch, your winner today. Hooray. All right, coming up next, it is time for the Fantasy Scramble. Text in those start sick questions. First buys of the year this this week. So if you got any issues, let us know, and uh, we'll help you out with Jesse. That's next. First, Joe has sports. This is what you get when you wait until the last minute. It's your pick. Fine, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This guy. A kicker. I like kickers. Listen up, you fantasy coaches. Mike and Rashad are here to save your butt with some last-minute injury news and roster advice. The only reason my team finished as terrible as it is because everybody on the team was hurt. Literally every single player on my team was hurt. This is Fantasy Scramble, part of Football Sunday on 1080 The Fan. 935 here on your Sunday morning. It is time for Fantasy Scramble. We are joined, as always, by former producer of this show and now running explicit fantasy football locally, Jesse Osmond at PDX underscore EFF on Twitter. You can find his YouTube and Facebook pages, Explicit Fantasy Football. How's it going, Jesse? How's your season been starting? Not bad. I've uh, I've been having a, a case of the injury woes, but still managed to get out to a nice three three and two start so feeling pretty good yeah got out i uh, have the ultimate stack last week with um lamar jackson mark andrews and marquise brown so all the same team oh, oh my god Louise. yeah yeah how do and, you uh, do that quarter- who are you drafting with to where you can get all these guys all the time it is a long con it's a hybrid keeper dynasty league so um i get to slowly develop this team over time and i've been developing it around lamar jackson and it's finally starting to really, I mean, it's not to say it's finally starting to pay off. I have other nice pieces around, but, but um, it's that part of the, the team is really paying off. So, all right, we'll text in any questions you have 503-250-1080 to the text line and we'll get to them uh, as best as we can. The first one that came in already is a tough one to start uh, McKissick, St. Brown or Tim Patrick at the flex in a half point PPR of note, Antonio Gibson active today. There were serious questions if he was going to play. If he was out, McKissick is a very easy pick here. Uh, but because Gibson is playing, and I, and I read that there's not really any talk of a limited workload for him, I'm going to go with Tim Patrick here. With the with the wide receiver issues that the Broncos have had injury-wise, Patrick is this really steady force on this offense and has been actually since he's been there. Even when he's been down on the depth chart, he still makes – catches and he's a good red zone target for them as well. Uh, St. Brown is a guy that I think you should keep keep an eye on, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to start him this week. And um, I'm going to pick because Gibson's out. I'm going to pick Tim Patrick in this one. Yeah. I'm going to pick Tim Patrick just for the simple fact that I thought uh, McKissick was awful last week. I don't even know if he got a yard. I have, all I can know is I'm, I got a bunch of buddies that were on the, uh, on the little group chat that I'm not in anymore as far as, for fantasy, and they were all complaining about if they they had McKissick, and he was terrible. So, uh, what, what were those other options, Lynch? I'm sorry, McKissick, Tim Patrick, or Amon Ra, St. Brown. Yeah, I'm going Tim Patrick. Yeah, I think uh, you did a great job breaking this down, Lynch. Like Amon Ra, right now is a probably. I, I mean, I would have him second on this list. McKissick is just too erratic. You thought he was going to be a negative game script guy, but he hasn't even necessarily been that. 
Um, and Tim Patrick has been, I mean, I hate to say slow and steady, but he's been, you know, slow and steady wins the race and he doesn't have the huge blow up 122 touchdown games, but he has just found a way to every week be productive, whether it be standard, whether it be PPR, he's found a way to be productive for your team. And right now there is a value to trust. And he, I think has earned the trust to be in your lineup. This one's an interesting one based on how the season has gone so far. Robert Woods or Chase Claypool. Now, with Juju Smith-Schuster's injury, he is out for the year. That moves Claypool up in the pecking order, or at least removes threats from his targets, I should say, in that Steelers offense, which, by the way, is not super exciting with Big Ben. But if you look fantasy-wise, Claypool's had some really, really big weeks, and he gets a lot of targets from Big Ben, which is a very, very important in fantasy football. Uh, and then Robert Woods kind of had the FU game last week because he was nothing for the first four weeks of the season. And like then everything, all like he had a couple of touchdowns, but he was not part of that offense. And then last week it was like, all right, you're annoyed at us. And you could tell watching Rams games, you could see Robert Woods was getting frustrated. They just gave him the ball constantly he had 14 targets last week. He had 12 catches, 150 yards, 21 fantasy points and a half point PPR, which is how I'm looking at it here. Um, it's one of those where, Normally, I think Woods is the better choice. I think he's a more he's a more consistent wide receiver if you think over the last few years. But right now, with the way the Steelers' offense is going and the way in losing Juju to injury, I'm going to take Chase Claypool over Robert Woods. Yeah, I'm taking Chase Claypool just out of necessity. Uh, without Juju Smith-Schuster on the field, they're going to need a target out there. And it looks like he's going to be the one. Robert Woods, had you mentioned Lynch, had the first great game uh, over six weeks last week. And I don't know if 12 receptions and 14 targets is something that's going to happen every single week. So I'm going to go with Chase Claypool. Yeah, this one is – all right. So I understand everybody. It's, it's kind of it, – it's frustrating because – you just saw what Robert Woods did, and so you have that, and then you have the sample size of what you had the first four games of the season. And his his production did come at the, the cost of you know targets going other places, and it was actually one of the more active days for Matt Stafford's arm as well. So there were a few more targets to go around in that case. This is Robert Woods pre-week five. Um, he had no more than five catches in a game, averaged 3.8 um, catches per game, no more than 64 yards in a game, averaging 43 yards per, per game. That's down from 58.5 in 2020 and 75.6 yards in 2019. It was his lowest average since 2015. It's his lowest target rate since 2015. And it's lowest catch. Um, uh, his, basically, it's everything is statistically is his lowest since 2015 outside of week five meanwhile chase claypool every time one of the guys and deontay johnson or juju has been gone he has been either a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two he's going against seattle there's just more trust to me with chase claypool than there is with robert woods i want to see another big game from him before i'm going to overcorrect and have him as a must start again this is a non-ppr flex spot uh, he says he's already starting Robert Woods and C.D. Lamb at wide receiver. Uh, Latavius Murray, A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton. Boy, I'm sorry that these are your choices. Um, he says he's in last, and I understand why. 
this uh, I don't like any of these choices. First of all, I'm out on Latavius Murray uh, in this in this instance. Trusting a Ravens running back is one of the worst things to do in fantasy because you don't know who's going to touch the ball, especially especially when they're going by the, as much of a committee as they are right now. So that goes between A.J. Brown and Cortland Sutton. It's a non-PPR league, so you need yards and you need touchdowns. I know A.J. Brown's been dismal this year. He had the injury issue. Even before that, he only had a couple of catches per game. Cortland Sutton's had two good games and three pretty mediocre games. So it's kind of just to pick your poison. And I'm leaning towards the guy I view as better and that's A.J. Brown. And I'm waiting for the A.J. Brown breakout. I don't think he's bad by any means. It's it's not something that's going to uh, – this is like a new norm for him, I don't think. So I'm going to lean A.J. Brown in this question. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go A.J. Brown. Um, I think Sutton was good last week. I think he played pretty well this past Sunday. But outside of that, like – He's been he's I mean he gets targets I think you know he's had targets of like nine game or nine and eight so he's getting thrown to but nothing spectacular yet so I'm probably gonna go with Sutton. Yeah, this is a very very tough one. I'm I'm kind of with you, Lynch, on the like with Latavius Murray. It is literally touchdown or bust, and he admittedly in that offense has a decent chance at a touchdown, but they really are shaking up that running back room every single week tyson is once again not active bell's coming back you know um freeman actually didn't look too bad last week he, he, he looked to have a decent first so it's just you just don't know what to do with this backfield at the same time lamar jackson is the running back in in that backfield for the most part so you you just pretty much want to avoid that and then you're going i i agree with the pick your poison you have a guy who's dealing with a hamstring injury who literally came out and said they're 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 holding me back until at least week ten. That that came out from AJ Brown. They're they're holding him back. They're limiting his reps, so he will be limited. On the other side, you have a, a terrible matchup. By the way, terrible matchup with Buffalo, best defense in the league. Period. And then you have Cortland Sutton, who has had some good games, but to me, doesn't still look a hundred percent. He still looks a little slow. Um, but can still win those 50-50 balls. You're, you're, it, it, it is a literal pick-your-poison, worst quarterback situation, but he will be out there. And that, that's what I'm, I'm more concerned about. When you think about a guy in A.J. Brown, um, you think about a guy who has yet to see more than nine targets in a game, no more than 49 yards receiving in a game this season, only one touchdown this season. He's catching less than 55 than, – 50% of the passes that has been thrown his way this year, and he gets Buffalo. I'm just going to have to go with Sutton. I don't think it's a great great choice, but I think he's the better of the two evils. All right, let's take a break. Jesse, hang out on hold for us for a couple of minutes. We only have a couple more, so we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up next. And if you have any last second, you can feel free. Text in 503-250-1080. This is some fantasy football starts at help on Football Sunday on The Fan. Something. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, let's wrap up Fantasy Scramble here. Jesse Osmond from Explicit Fantasy Football still with us on the line. couple questions to go. Superflex, PPR, Teddy Bridgewater, or Geno Smith? What's interesting is Geno played really well last week in his, in his little stint when Russell Wilson got out with his injury. But when you're doing something like this, I'm always going to take the incumbent starter. And I'm also going up against... Uh, a Vegas team that's probably reeling a little bit with the the Gruden stuff. 
So I'm going to go with Bridgewater, who I feel is a little bit of a safer option. But uh, but uh, I don't, I'm not trusting Geno Smith just yet. Uh, Bridgewater. I, I don't trust Geno Smith ever. I know he played well. Just take it over for Russell Wilson. It looks like Lynch is going to buy me a beer. <laughs> Jags won. <laughs> oh, no, you guys are just slightly ahead of me. You're just slightly ahead of me. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, Jesse. Whoops. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. Um, Jags got the double. Good, good job, Miami. You, you guys suck. Why don't, why don't you go ahead and clean house over there? Uh, that, that franchise is terrible. Um, uh, you know, this, this one initially, I, I, I look at it, and Gino, Gino feels sexy, right? You know, he's got those – he's got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and, you know, you got you, – it, it's just – it's kind of sexier than, than what you, you have with Steady Teddy, right? Like Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Two Yards, whatever you want to call him. Dude's got more nicknames than I, I can count. But he is – Steady, and that is typically a big part of what his nicknames are, is that he's steady. And if you want something steady, I, I would go with that. If you want something sexy with the possibility of the floor falling out from you, go with Gino. But but I do think Teddy is the much safer play. Flex position, Kadarius, Tony, or Tim Patrick. Now, I think I read, I, I couldn't find the notification on my phone. I was looking for it, that Tony is playing this week. He was hurt. He uh, but he is active. Boy, what I saw from him last week was very, very exciting. And it's one of those things where it may be a, a flash in the pan game, but he was constantly open. He made a ton of catches. Um, and, and Tim Patrick is safe. But Kadarius Tony's got a huge boom potential. And I'm going to take Tony on that for the flex. Yeah, I thought Kadarius Tony played great last week. So I'm also going to take him in the flex. Yeah, you're talking about a guy that, I mean, I, I think only three other receivers have put up more yards in a single game this season. He broke Odell Beckham Jr.'s rookie reception record. He's just—I I think he just went so far under the radar because he ha- he was injured in camp. And you, you, Sterling Shepard came out the gate looking really good, and they added Kenny Galladay in the off season. And how could Kadarius Tony be any good? Kadarius Tony looks better than Jalen Waddle right now, but that might be because they look like they know how to use him. They're not just using him on, on flip screens and they're using him on, on deep plays, intermediate routes, routes around the line of scrimmage. He's all over the place. He's catching the ball. He's catching the ball one handed. Just like, it's just, he, he just kind of reminiscent of everything that was Odell's rookie season. And, Yes, it I guess could have been a flash in the pan, but you still look at what he did in week four with the nine um nine targets, six receptions, seventy six yards. Um I think he at the very least is gonna be the number two option in this passing attack. And at the very least is the most explosive. He has way more upside than a nice steady play um in Tim Tim Patrick. But so I, I would put Tony in there. I All just right. see the upside there, and I think he has a good floor. We got three minutes left. Let's go really, really rapid fire here. Cortland Sutton or T. Higgins? I'm going T. Higgins here. I know he missed two weeks there, but he had two touchdowns his first two weeks, so I'm going with Higgins. Ooh. Uh, got to go fast. Uh, T. Higgins, I'm going to agree with Lynch. 
I very much agree with T. Higgins. Sutton does have a terrible matchup today, everybody. Desperate on the bye week, PPR, and this is true desperation. Sony Michelle or Alexander Madison at running back two. Look, uh, purely based on the fact that Dalvin Cook is still dealing with the ankle stuff, I'm going to go with Madison. Cook is playing this week, but Madison may get more touches than Sony Michelle does. Henderson's been a beast as the RB1, so I'm going Madison. I wouldn't go to Sony Michelle uh, unless it was 2018. He's with, with the Patriots, but uh, I'm going to go Madison. Wow. I guess I'm going to be the only one going, Michelle. Uh, Superflex. Already starting Jalen Hurts in the QB spot. Should I start Kirk Cousins or Najee Harris? I don't understand your league if you're not starting Najee Harris at either of your running back positions. Uh, I have a very strict rule of I always start quarterbacks in the super flex because your your floor is much, much higher than a position player. If, uh, please put Najee Harris in your lineup, but uh, I'm putting Kirk Cousins because I always start a QB in that spot. Yeah, if you can, if you have a QB, you can start. I would definitely do that. But Najee Harris is always – he's going to be a top three, four running back every single week. It would make sense to put him there. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to – Jeez, I I don't get this either. I guess you, I I honestly don't know what you have at running back to to have Najee Harris. Maybe it's like one running back and he has Derrick Henry or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure, but um, I'm kind of with Lynch on this. You kind of always have to go with with the with the quarterback. He he had his great game last week, but he's not incredibly efficient so far this year. So I, I still want to go with Cousins. Last two, Terry McLaurin or Robert Woods. Um I'm going McLaurin here, especially against that defense of the Chiefs, which just gives up yards for fun. Uh Heineke's been mostly good this year in replacement of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going McLaurin. Ooh, uh McLaurin uh had a you know, got eleven targets last week. Um thirteen the week before, so they're gonna go to him. I'm gonna go McLaurin. Man, they're touching. They're throwing out like touchdowns, like candy. Uh, the Kansas City defense got to go, McLaurin. Last one: Damian Harris or Brandon Bolden, RB two half point PPR. He's asking because Bolden gets the targets. Um, I'm going with Harris on this one, just because he's going to be used a lot more. But uh, I like that you have Bolden because he is a good bye week fill in. But I'm going to go Harris for you here. I'm going Harris as well. Uh, it's half PPR. Half PPR. Yeah, I gotta go bull. Uh, I need gotta go Harris. All right, thank you, Jesse. We'll talk to you next week at PDX underscore EFF is where you can find them and on Explosive Fantasy Football on YouTube and Facebook. That does it for us this week. We're back eight to ten next week. Uh, so again, same show, time, same schedule, and uh, good luck in fantasy. And we'll see you guys then. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.